The College Baseball Experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. We're also brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. The world's greatest shorts are hooking you up with a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. All right, already welcome back to the College Baseball Experience. Good evening, College Baseball fans. We're coming at you live, eleven forty-two Eastern Time here after day two of College World Series action. Um, and I'm joined once again by Grissom. He was on yesterday's show as the uh, pinch hit guest, but today it was the actual scheduled guest. Grissom, first, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing great. I think the only guy better. I think the only guy on here that's doing better than me is down there, Quint Mills, with that <laughs> shit eating grin on his face. Yeah, Lucky and, bastard getting to see some great baseball in person. And like he uh, you know, just mentioned Quentin Mills is the third man in the booth today. He is live from Omaha, a hotel uh, patio down there in Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> Quentin, you've seen some great baseball the last two days um first off how you doing uh like matt said pre-show i'm kind of riding an emotional uh, roller coaster here and and uh, right now we're we're going up to the top so hopefully we stay up top um the reverse jinx is in full effect it's, <laughs> yes it's, it's it is. working well <laughs> they're calculated though they're calculated so uh, I'm just enjoying it out here. I've, I've kind of made an annual trip now, you know, to, to kind of be in a media presence makes it even more special uh, knowing that I'm giving out some winning picks and good analysis. So it's kind of come a full circle. It's, it's just a, a great experience out here. Yeah, I thought man. he blew it. I thought he blew the reverse jinx with Wake oh, Forest because I was like, nope. no, 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 no. It was an early I think trip. I actually – I have in our text messages. I was like, no, they're fine. Don't worry about this. <laughs> I give them. I give them till the fifth inning. That's the second half of the game. Yeah, but the, you know the handicap was get into that Stanford bullpen, and we'll, yep. we'll we'll touch on we'll touch on the on the recaps of the games because you know Grissom and your boy did quite well yesterday on the games. <laughs> but Q, I heard the voice was a little scratchy after last night. You know, uh, the Gators. Uh, you mentioned the reverse jinx. Um, it was pretty active. It wasn't just in the fifth inning. It was a couple outs into the ninth inning you were going. It was after the first yeah. out, congratulations, Virginia. Home run, uh, 5-4 final, uh, congratulations, Virginia. And <laughs> then all, no of a sudden, all, all of a sudden, the Gators, they pull that out pretty much of their ass in the ninth inning. Take us through that, what you were feeling. You got it on video as well. I know that, right? Well, I got the celebration uh, from the, the walk-off RBI. It was good, man. You know, I think I think kind of what's being overshadowed, and, and this is obviously me as a fan, but me as a you know analyst too. Brandon Sprout had a hell of a start. You know, that's his fourth straight quality start. You know, yeah, he left the game with with two runners on and a one nothing game. He really neutralized UVA. I mean, they took advantage. Cade Fisher didn't pitch overly bad. I mean, he had a guy on first and third. He inherited runs and and they score. That's going to happen more often than not. You know, Brandon Neely was able to come in and really kind of neutralize up until that last uh, triple, which was 
the weirdest triple I'd ever seen. Uh, Florida had like a uh, opposite field shift on Dinawick, and he just posted down the line. Uh, more luck than anything, I would say, to get the run. And, you know, when I was on a reverse jinx, I, I, we talked about it, right? Florida's bats are going to live and die here. And if they're hot, they can beat anybody in this uh, field of eight. The pitching, again, I think they stood up to the test of time yesterday. You know, the, the best offense in the country, arguably, is UVA on a consistency basis. So uh, to see that come together, to see heading into the, I believe, the eighth inning, the, the first three hitters were 11 for 97. And then you get Kate, uh, Kate Curling gets a big RBI to kind of cut into that lead. Uh, and then you see Ty Evans come off the bench, a guy who got yeah. benched in April, didn't put his head down, grinded, comes off the, uh, the bench in the sixth inning with a nice double. Then he leads off with a huge home run uh, in his next at bat. And then obviously we saw Wyatt kind of sit on that, that change up from Jake Barry. And, and uh, it was actually the, the longest home run in college world series history. So uh, that was pretty cool to, to see that as well as uh, tying that game. And then, you know, Luke Heyman getting that, that scorching uh, shot to center field. I mean, it was incredible. Kudos to UVA too. I mean, they played, played their asses off. So uh, they, they didn't do anything wrong in my opinion. Barry, you know, he was the guy uh, that they trusted. I personally agree with it. I think he's better than Jay Wolfolk on a consistency level. And it's baseball, man. Anybody can beat anybody. I totally agree. And you also, I mean, you've seen, you've been at all four games so far. And also on that Friday, uh, we thought that the TCU Oral Roberts game was a great finish. We had uh, a couple of, not just a couple, we had plenty of runs scored in the back three innings of that game. You know, you had, you were on, Oral plus one and a half, if I am mistaken, correct? Uh, you're correct. I didn't I didn't have the balls enough to go uh, on the money line. I wish I did. I pondered it all day. Once I crossed into Omaha, I couldn't do it because betting's no long, you know, not legal there. So uh, but I was screaming one and a half in the section I was in. Some people were kind of looking at me weird, like, what's this guy talking about? And uh, it worked out, man. Blaze Brothers, what a what opportunity for that. You know, it was just incredible down two, and then you go up one with one swing of the bat. Correct. And you mentioned Blaze Brothers. Shout out to Cameron Kerr, our graphic designer. Thumbnail for today. Um, but before we get into some of the games that happened on Saturday, let me tell you about Edge Boost because they do a great job at support, supporting us here at SGPN, and they are the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can d- get down on with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. Double down on your favorite bet you like or even use it to create an awesome middle or hedge edge boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge zero interest do you know of a way that you can use more money uh to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest uh it's edge boost and you can also be a responsible gambler set up a plan and use it uh, daily, weekly, or monthly set up limits across all your betting accounts in one place. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. That's to sign up. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. You must be 21 years older to use it. And if you have a problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, game one, we had a little bit of a lightning delay, and that may have been a momentum changer. I mean, we saw Wake Forest come back and score two runs in the eighth inning. It was tied 1-1 early through the first three. Uh, or first two, Stanford takes a 2-1 lead, and they held it. This this Cardinal team had runners on early and often against Rhett Lauder. Uh, a lot of stressful innings that 
the star right-hander had the throw there. And like I mentioned, once we got into the delay there, um, it, it looked like Drew Dowd was kind of mowing. And he was getting that slider call on the inside part of the plate to the left-handed hitters on the Deeks lineup. And that was just not going to be a recipe for success. And I know uh, Grissom and I were talking about how the zone just seemed a little bit big in this game. We'll we'll talk about the next game where I think the zone was a little uh, – I mean, the, the zone seemed a little bit tight in this game, and the next game it was a little bit big. However, uh, that uh, inside call on Dowd with that slider I thought was um, – pretty disgusting when it was given to him uh he was hitting that spot consistently but the big thing that i saw with this wake forest lineup and we've seen it now two straight weekends change-ups seem to be the weakness of this deeks lineup um grissom i know we were interacting during this game what were your takeaways from this uh stanford wake forest game you know, I worried that Wake may struggle just a little bit because of the competition level that they've faced thus far. And finding out late that Quinn Matthews was not going to go, I felt really good about Wake Forest. I even I cashed out the under because I thought Wake would end up, you know, blowing it late. But, I mean, hats off to Stanford. Joey Dixon looked like a, a true starter out there. And the bullpen really never wavered. Uh they all pitched very well. Wake Forest did just enough to skate to skate by, and I think the weather delay may have helped them just kind of get loose again. But I think at the end of the day, you you've got to rely on your pitching stats, and they proved to be just enough. And the bats came alive for Wake Forest in the right time, and the rest is history. Q, there was a lightning delay here in the uh, – it was in the sixth or the seventh inning, pretty much the second third of the game. What did what did you do as a spectator during this game, and how did you uh, assess both teams coming back out after? Yeah, so we didn't uh, – obviously, you guys had better broadcasting and information on that. You know, they just come over the intercom and just say there's been a weather delay, kind of limited info. Um, so, like, I was texting Matt trying to figure out, you know, what, what the deal was because it, it wasn't raining. I mean, we had a couple drops fall, but it was, you know, still pretty sunny skies. And, you know, he had just said there was lightning in the area. So, uh, we knew it was going to be minimum 30 minutes. I knew I was in Nebraska. So, we uh, we walked across the street because uh, it's actually cool. You can re-enter uh, one time out here. So, we, we just ran across the street and, you know, found a nice table and just kind of waited it out. Uh, just because they make you leave the, uh, the your seats and you got to stand on the concourse. So it's a long day. Anytime you can sit out here, you know, you got to take advantage of it. Um, but I was texting Matt, and, you know, obviously I was trying to do the reverse jinx about the fifth inning. The team just looked tense. <laughs> you know, they were swinging, swinging at bad pitches. Um, it seemed like they were swinging early, not really getting good counts. You know, That was your changeup right there. Yeah. And, you know, I was in right field, so it was, it was a little harder to tell kind of what pitch was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I texted him. I said, I think they can relax at this point. This is kind of where you just come together and you say, look guys, just play ball. Re- remember why you're here. Remember where you're at. You know, your family's out there. Just, just enjoy yourself. And I think that's what happened because even though the, the, the very next inning for them coming up, they left guys on second and third. They just seemed like they had a little more fight to them and, and a little more rhythm. So uh, that might get Wake Forest going now. They got game one out of the way, you know, the pressure's out. Next game is just business like cat, you know, like normal. So I think I think that's going to kind of spark them. Yeah, I, I really agree with you. And I mean, we we talked about it. We wanted to do a, a you know a little bit of a lap here uh, last night on the show. Grissom and I were talking about this game and how 
you know, we thought that it was going to be quite low scoring, but we, we thought that Matthews would start first off. So we had the under here. Um, we both got in on Wake Forest early, but we both acknowledged that that was because of the price yeah. and that the Stanford team wasn't too far off lineup wise. And even though we didn't see Matthews on the mound, the, the pitching pitched to their caliber and to their capability. And the, against Texas, they weren't hitting the strike zone. Today, they were, and they were working in, like I, I keep mentioning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to, you know, look look into some pitching repertoire because I think Luke Holman's a changeup guy for a left-hander for Alabama. And then you looked at all three of the first three pitchers for Stanford were heavy changeup. And I think I think that might be something to take note on this Deacons lineup. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the side, the total, uh, the run line, Grissom, we hit it each way. Any, any other things that you want to add on this game? No, I, I said it was a chicken shit bet, if I can say that on, on air. But, oh, you're good. Uh, I took, you know, Stanford went up 1-0. I got a little nervous. I've got a lot of exposure on Wake Forest. So I took a nibble on Stanford plus two and a half and ended up middling it beautifully. Uh, that was a, a little lucky streak there for, for it being my birthday, I think. So yeah, I'll yeah. take it. I'll take it any way I can get it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I called that one on air. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm calling the middle right here. Um, but yeah, game two. Now uh, Q, you had a front row seat in the right field for this one. eh? Yeah, man. I was pretty cool to sit on the wall there. Uh I didn't have any luck with a home run ball. Really, none of them actually came near us. So, I uh, might have to get on that wall a little more next year. It's 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 actually a pretty cool view. I was actually more impressed with it than I thought I'd be. Was the sun any issue? Because that's what I've heard the knock on during the night game is that about the first hour, that sun is gleaming right in the outfield fan's eye. Um, it's more so, I would say, left field. Uh, just gotcha. the way the sun kind of sets. Obviously, during the day, it's just brutal no matter where you're at, unless you're, like, under the uh, the overhang. Uh, it just is what it is. This year, it's actually been pretty nice. It's, there's a little breeze consistently. It's been in the low 80s. Uh, I think the last couple of years, it's been, you know, feeling like 95 to 100. So, I, heat doesn't bother me, so I'm probably a bad uh, bad opinion on that <laughs> topic. But, uh, yeah, it's it does. It's, it's that, that sunset. I think it does you know, cause a little issues for some fans, especially in uh, towards the left field side. But, you know, it does go down pretty quick. And, uh, you know, the air is a little less humid here than it is back home. So it does get a little chillier quicker. And I think that kind of for a lot of fans cools them off. So, yeah. So, I mean, is is there any other thing to say about this game than two words? It was Paul Skeens once again, Uh, 7.2. He only gave up five hits, allowed two Earned runs, one walk, and he had 12 strikeouts. Grissom, uh, we, we we talked about it. Your book offered uh, a two-legger, and you jumped in on it. It was Skeens over strikeouts, and what was the second play? Under two-and-a-half earned runs and over six-and-a-half strikeouts, plus 160. Yeah, Beautiful. So that, that hit home um, along with the under nine-and-a-half that we – I took – Prior to yesterday's show, I took it on Wednesday, um, but I mentioned that I still like the under, the the under nine when it was that line on the show. That pushed, um, but LSU run line comes in, um, and, of course, the money line hits as well. So, again, 3-0 on this game as well. Um, the standout here for me was down at the bottom of the order for LSU and Braden Jobert. 
Uh, yep. You you mentioned uh, you saw it firsthand. I mean, the guy in ninety five percent of the ballparks in America would have had two home runs today. Oh, easily. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, we were, it's it's pretty ironic. We actually sat behind him the whole game, so that was cool. Um, I'll tell you what, man. When you look at LSU and you look at you know, there's no offense to to Oral Roberts and Virginia by any means. You know, they recruit solid baseball players, and and they're obviously here for a reason. But when you look at like Florida and LSU compared to those teams. I mean, there's just a huge difference. There's boys to men, and, and you really saw that, you know, when I was sitting behind them. So that was cool. But, uh, yeah, man, Braden Jobert, you know, uh, has a first out, and then he comes back with a double, a triple, and a home run. I don't think he could have asked for uh, a better sequence there. Um, you know, he had a couple good good jumps on some balls uh, towards the outfield. I mean, he, he was kind of the spark for that team. And, again, uh, you see it with Florida. You know, it's just because you have a Dylan Cruz or you have a Langford or a Cags, I mean, the the guys around them seem to make the biggest difference out here in Omaha because everybody's so focused on those star players now. Obviously, why Langford hits that big home run, but without you know Ty Evans and and Kate Curling getting clutch RBIs and then hitting a home run right before him, that doesn't happen. So you know the role players really really matter out in Omaha, and I think we're starting to see that. You know, there's some big names uh, that are that are out there and deserve the credit. Yeah, 100%. Grissom, any more takeaways from this game? No, I think you said it best. I, it's going to be very interesting moving forward, but we just have to take yeah. it one day at a time. Yeah. Not trying to get get let it get too high. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we jump into some of Sunday's games, let me tell you about Bird Dogs because these are some – very comfortable, stretchy khaki shorts, and they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and like giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit much better. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton fabrics, whereas this Bird Dog's short uh, is made by uh, cloud knit fabric that they invented that looks just like khaki, but stretches to give you a way slimmer fit without having the sacrifice movement. And Bird Dogs uses an anti-sweat, stink, wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Uh, I mention it all the time. I'm a, I'm a huge golfer, but also during the summer, uh, I'm still a little bit younger, still in my college or just out of college years, and uh, going to grad parties nonstop during the summer. And I had one today, and I didn't golf today, obviously. But I mean, when you go to it, uh, you wear your Bird Dogs after, like. If you're in a rush or you just need to show your face at the, at the grad party before you head home after your golf outing, uh, these shorts are not going to smell uh, after a sweaty four-round outing. So go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code, promo code pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Now, we've got a pretty – Good chat rolling here today. Uh, Moneyline Ed, Lane Elliott, GBO Farms, Tier None 31, Honkus, GBO Farms. Oh, said him again. But shout out to GBO. That was a tough loss. But we, we think that you guys have a fighting chance to get back into this thing in the loser bracket. Lane Elliott and, of course, uh, the LSU Tiger fan himself, Honkus. Um, Q, I, I, meant, I asked Grissom this yesterday before we talked about the game's uh, for listeners' sake, we always enjoy hearing about what you guys have still out there, still alive right now. And also it maybe helps the listener 
uh, peel back the curtain and maybe understand where you're coming from behind some of these handicaps. What, what kind of futures do you still have active out there right now? Uh, so I have a couple futures on Florida. I even took them uh, and I brought it up on our last show. I took Florida at plus three, I think three seventy five. I still think there's value there as well as I took uh, wake Forest at plus two seventy five. I mean, uh, when you looked at the bracket, I think, you know, Florida's got an easier bracket than Wake uh, Wake Forest. You know, if I had to say, and, and I think if Florida can get past, you know, Virginia, that was that was the team that's going to challenge, you know, the other side. Uh, so I felt like that was good money. I had them earlier on this year. Uh, you know, a couple of them between the the light, the numbers of you know ten to one to fourteen to one. I do have a Tennessee at fifteen to one. I did buy them when they swept Vandy. But listen, I, I've said it on Twitter. I've said it on our live show. Uh, the pitching has held up. I mean, you held a, a potent LSU offense to six runs and and really five runs until late. Um, they did well. You know, it's the hitting. It, it, I've preached it all season yeah. long. It's the hitting. If they can get that halfway going, <laughs> they can beat anybody in the country, including the eight, the other seven teams here. So, you know, I'm not going to say that's completely dead. It's it's obviously on life support coming out of the, the losers bracket, but. You know, there's no reason why they can't beat Stanford and kind of get a revenge game against LSU in that sense and, and be able to battle. They have they have solid pitchers. So I'm sitting on them. Uh, and I do have UVA. I mean, UVA, listen, they could beat Florida in that game. They blew the game. You know, I, I really wouldn't say blew it. I mean, obviously, it, it, we saw what happened. But they were just in that game. They had, they could have easily won and nobody would have been surprised. And, and they could easily beat Florida again. I mean, there's no – there's it's not like Florida manhandled them by any means. So I actually like where I'm sitting and I have them at 25 to one. Yeah. Let's and go. to touch on that, I've got an interesting statistic. Only four teams in the past 41 college world series have lost the opener and still gone on to win the title. Uh, yeah. 27 of the last 32 have started two and zero. So it's very important to win game one. Obviously if you can get game two, you're in the driver's seat. So that's something to, to, to watch for as it plays out. Yeah, and Honkus, the LSU fan in our chat right now, he goes, the most important stat of the night is 7,177. <laughs> There's always room for Jello at LSU, and the victory party just got started over there at Rocco's Pizza. Q, have you spent any time over there at that small bar? I have, and uh, it's, I'm actually quite disappointed that they've extended the challenge to the virtual side of things. LSU's obviously taking advantage of it in Wake. If you're not there, your shot should not count. Point blank, simple. I think it's crap. You know, the experience is to be out here to to represent your team. So, you know, while obviously they make a, a good amount of money, I'm happy for Rocco's. Uh, they've got to kind of tone it back down and t- stop taking these internet orders and Venmo orders to these people. If you're not here, you don't deserve a shot. I agree with you. So I'm hearing from a man on the scene that Wake Forest doesn't have that many people there on foot. Is that true? They have, they have quite a bit. I, they have I quite a bit? That, okay. Yeah, I would. Because I mean, I've, I've been say. really surprised by their performance in that yeah. contest. Yeah, I've, I've actually even seen some uh, some athletes for Wake Forest teams out here. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so they've got good support. They're, they're head basketball coaches here. So they, they, they're doing well for a small school. I mean, it's yeah. Steve Forbes is sick, and I hear he never turns down a party. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Honkas goes, he heard that Ole Miss called in a ton of shots last year too, but he says it's for a good cause. <laughs> it is, but, you know, there's I, I see both sides, but I, I think it's – hey, if a jello shot entices you to come out here, I, I think it's great. Yeah, for sure. 
so let's jump into the Sunday's games. Um, and happy Father's Day to those on the East Coast. It's 12.05 a.m. now. Uh, and Q, you're, you're flying back home in about, what, eight hours to be yeah. home for Father's Day? Yeah. I Super dead right we, there. Yeah. We, uh, we fly. We lift off at 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so game one at 2 p.m. Eastern. It's 1 p.m. Central. Uh, TCU, I'm going to project that Kirk Sarlos – won't change up the rotation here. We see that uh, – I think we see Sam Stoutenborough start this game. Uh, this season, Stout is 5-0 and with a 4.52 ERA, 55 strikeouts, 16 walks in 65.2 innings. He has a 5.29 ERA in his three postseason starts, not making it into – or not making it out of the sixth inning in two of those three postseason starts. So questions surround the pitching depth for this TCU team. Um, and we saw Ben Abelt throw 40 pitches on Friday, and he allowed one run on one hit. Luke Savage uh, was the, the letdown in the back end for TCU on Friday. He threw 27 pitches, allowing four runs on five hits. Garrett White had three tosses in the game. Then for Virginia, uh, throughout the last quarter of the season, Connolly Early has taken over that SP2 spot. And I project that Brian O'Connor trots him out here for the game against the Frogs. On the season early is 12-2 and two with a 306 ERA, 98 strikeouts, 20 walks, and 82.1 innings. Early has a 260 ERA in his three postseason starts. Specifically in the two NCAA tournament appearances, he pitched into the seventh inning, giving Virginia some much-needed length. And I think he's going to need to do that again here because Jake Berry, their most dependable bullpen arm, uh, he has a 739 ERA. Uh, giving up six runs in seven postseason innings with four walks. That's one ACC tournament game, and he's appeared in four NCAA tournament games. Um, he threw 46 pitches on Friday. Then Jay Wolfolk uh, lost the closing job in the back half of the season. He threw just three innings, giving up uh, or three pitches, giving up the winning run on Friday. But it was counted on Barry's line. Even still, Wolfolk has allowed three runs, uh, counted on him this postseason in just two total postseason innings. Jack O'Connor appeared in this game, also throwing 12 pitches. He's kind of been their fourth starter of the season, and I think that if Early gets into any trouble, he'll probably be the first guy out of the pen here against TCU. Grissom, uh, the money line on this game is Virginia minus 195, TCU plus 160, total set at 11.5. It's minus 115 both ways on DraftKings. Virginia minus 1.5 is minus 110. TCU plus 1.5 is minus 120. How do you divvy up the two teams here? I, I love Virginia. I thought that they would lose game one and come back and, and end up facing Florida for the chance to go to the national championship series. So I'm not going to waver from that. I think Connolly early has pitched really well lately. I was trying to find all the recency stats to, to back that statement up. But, um, yeah, I think, I think you lay it with UVA or you could parlay it with Florida like I did. Yeah, 260 ERA in his three postseason starts. So he's looked really good uh, when the lights are the brightest. Quentin, you're uh, not going to technically be in Omaha for this game, but uh, what did you see from the two teams this weekend? How are you assessing this game? Uh, I'm with Matt. I actually locked in UVA, and I tweeted out earlier today, minus 165. I thought that was a great number. Uh, I'm not high on this TCU team. I think they're hot, uh, but I think this this UVA team, they're not done here. Uh, you know, i got to give the edge to – to UVA again, I, I think they could have easily won that game. Um, I think 
when you look at the matchups, Oral Roberts is scrappy, but on paper, TCU should probably beat them eight to ten times. They lost. Um, Virginia and Florida, that's a lot closer and a lot tougher competition. So I like uh, I like Conley early on the mound. I really do. I think he's going to be able to neutralize uh, TCU's bats. TCU hits very similar to, to Duke, in my opinion. They have some power, uh, but it's not consistent. Uh, and he and he shut them down. Uh, same with ECU. So I uh, I really like Connolly early to actually go probably seven innings again, like he did in his last start, and uh, and get the Wahoos back into the win column. Yeah, and I think I think uh, I forget the guy's name, and I'm gonna try to pull up the tweet uh, when I tee up one of you guys on the next game. But um, pitching depth uh, originally, you know, I, I thought it was more. Starting rotation important when you get to Omaha because the days off in between are pretty critical. However, uh, we found out, if anything, throughout the first game uh, on the first two days here is that when you get into the bullpens, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen? Because starting pitchers, I believe uh, it's it's uh, Creighton. I think it's Creighton's SID, or if it's not, it's like their basketball manager. Uh, I looked at his uh, Twitter bio, and I, for some reason his name's escaping my head, but Starting pitchers had an ERA below two. Bullpen had an ERA above 11 so far in Omaha. Uh, so I, I think that's the way to handicap this game. And when you do that, uh, I think it goes to Virginia because I think that O'Connor, once again, is going to be available as a long reliever. They need it. Um, and Barry has been better, uh, like, in games prior to this tournament run. Wolfolk has some talent back there. When you look at TCU, I question the control on both Luke Savage and Ben Abel. And then Cam Brown would probably come in if they're in a really big pinch. He's their third starter. But you do anything to win a game in Omaha when you're up against elimination. The cool stat about these two teams is both of them have never gone 0-2 in Omaha. And uh, both of them are the only two teams that haven't gone 0-2 in Omaha with five or more appearances in the college world series so where i'm going to take you for this game though i think virginia wins it um and i think that this game the, the total's tricky i'm not going to bet it uh i i think it probably stays under and give me the who's minus one and a half anything else that you guys would like to add on the game i just meant to add that i i did a parlay like uh, matt did florida uva and i actually parlayed uh, Wake. I did send it out. I parlayed Wake Forest in today's game with Florida against Oral Roberts. So I still have that in play. Cool. Yeah, and it, another interesting stat to kind of back up, back in the who's. Uh, after a loss, this team has a plus 6.8 run differential. So Virginia responds really well after a loss. Yeah, and I saw that that was their first loss this season when they had a lead going past eight innings. Um, so, I mean, this back end of the pen – has been quite reliable the whole season. However, the past two weeks, that was what I was nervous about is they haven't been in good form lately. Um, but I, I, I still think they're probably good enough here against TCU. I have futures on both these teams, so it's not really biased talk. And I just think that – I think they're going to be able to do just enough to get by the Horn Frogs here. And I think that the pitching or lack thereof for the Horn Frogs kind of comes back to bite them. Um, then we jump into the Florida game. Hurston Waldrop is the no-brainer uh, projection here. He's nine and three this season with a 4.15 ERA, 142 strikeouts, 48 walks in 93.1 innings. Waldrop has a 196 ERA in his last five outings. And on Friday, Brandon Neely 
looked solid, allowing just one run on 33 pitches in 2.1. And Cade Fisher, he appeared, allowed a couple of hits and a run in 10 pitches, um, but he endured runners on base when he came in. Both of those guys should be available. I expect some hesitancy with the freshman Fisher, but we'll see Neely here, uh, I assume. Uh, and then Oral Roberts, our only confirmed pitcher from the four teams today was Harley Gollert from Coach Ryan Fulmer's opening presser. Uh, Gollert is 10-1 and this season with a 430 ERA, 88 strikeouts, 31 walks in 88 innings. In his Summit League tournament appearance and the two NCAA tournament appearances, Gollert has a 10-24 ERA, allowing 14 runs in 12.1 innings. That's just not going to play here, guys. And uh, we saw Kay Denton, their most reliable bullpen arm, struggle to throw strikes. He had three walks. He hit a batter in just five outs, uh, 48 pitches it took him to get those five outs. And this bullpen is deep, but I just think that they're going up against one of the best foes they've faced all season long, one of the best lineups. Um, and this lineup is used to playing in the big park. Uh, Quentin, they're your team. They're your Gators. Uh, I'll let you lead off here. How are we attacking this game? The lines currently are Florida minus 300, Oral Roberts plus 235, total set at 12, minus 120 on the under there, minus 110 on the over. And Florida's minus 2.5 on DraftKings, minus 120, Oral Roberts plus 2.5, minus 110. I'll keep it simple. I think Wyatt Langford's bat woke up. I think Kate Denton will kind of find his groove. Uh, he's been struggling, but he's a great leadoff hitter. Um, from the true freshman, uh, I mean, Hurston Walger, we, he speaks for himself. What he's doing right now is electric. He's got probably the nastiest splitter in the NCAA baseball uh, tournament and league uh, this year. I haven't seen one as good as his since probably Eric Gagne. We all remember him growing up. Uh, things just nasty. Um, I, I think the Florida just outmatches Oral Roberts. I, I said in our guide, I think they kind of run into a uh, to a bullet here that, you know, they just can't, you know, kind of hide from. And, um it seems like their pitcher, when you read his stats, and he's he's more of a pitch to contact guy, and that's that is crucial against Florida. I mean, those guys, you you, you really don't want them contacting the ball because they're going to drive the ball, and and uh, I think they're going to play loose now. Grissom, how are we doing with this one? I think it's open and shut. You've got to back Hurston Waldrop. He's got a one seven eight ERA. He's averaging ten point seven strikeouts in his last three appearances. And he's gone deep. He went eight innings, seven innings, and then 5.2. Meanwhile, on the other end, like you said, Gollert, he's got an 11.05 ERA in his last three starts, and he's he's gone 4.2, 0.2, where he got shelled for seven <laughs> earned runs. And then uh, he went seven innings, gave up two earned runs, had seven strikeouts, but that's just not going to cut it against these uh, Florida Gators lineup. Yeah, totally agree with you. I think we're in lockstep here on this game. Uh, Florida is the pick for me here. I would lean uh, to the over, over 12 minus 110. I think that's the first game that we see go over here in Omaha. And Florida minus 2.5 would be my pick there. I'm seeing some 3.5s float around. I'd be tempted with an Oral Roberts plus 3.5. However, I just wouldn't be able to commit to it with the way that Gollick has looked lately. Uh, like we've mentioned, 10-24 ERA. 14 runs in 12 point innings in his last 12.1 innings in his last three outings. So um, I think we're all kind of in agreement. That's not going to cut it against Florida. Um, before we head out yesterday, I forgot to do this. Uh, let's get your best play from both of you guys. Uh, just 
the listeners can go away with one, uh, you know, play that's strongly backed by you guys. Grissom, do you want the honors? Do you want to start off, hit lead off for us? Uh, I think either take Florida minus one and a half on the run line. It may be two and a half now. Uh, minus 300 is just a lot to lay. I still like parlaying the two. You can get it on DraftKings plus 101. I just I feel like Virginia and Florida are in too good of a spot to drop this game. So I, I trust the parlay in that sense. Q. Yeah, uh, two plays for me. I mean, I'm I think both of them are what you consider my best bets. Is I really love UVA. If you can uh, get them under minus two hundred, I think it's worth the juice, and and I think it's worth the parlay. If you got it at one sixty five from my tweet earlier, you know I think we're sitting pretty. Yeah, I'm right there with Grissom. I like the part. I get weird. Go I ahead. get weird about the minus two and a half. So I really do. I mean, we're playing with metal bats. Anything can happen. We just saw, you know, a five nothing lead go real quick down to a five three. So um, yeah. I, I'm more of a one and a half guy. I think it's it's a hell of a lot easier to win by two than it is three. And then, uh, like Matt always says, when you play with metal bats, anything can happen. So I probably am going to shy away from those from this tournament. It's just not something we've capped all year. And I'm not going to sit there and, and, and do something that didn't get me to this far. I agree with you. I like that, uh, that approach. And my approach is the same as Grissom here on Sunday. Uh, I'm going with the Father's Day parlay, and it's on both favorites in Virginia and Florida. Um, you put that together, it's plus 103 on DraftKings currently. Um, and if you are looking for a single, I like the Oral Roberts Florida over 12. Um, you look at it, and I think that Gollert has uh, struggled just a little bit too much lately. Um, and Florida's lineup is going to be one of the best that Oral Roberts has seen all season long. And the Golden Eagles have been a little scrappy here in the, in the tournament. I'll give them that. I For mean, sure. they put up plenty of runs in Stillwater to come out of that regional. They put up eight runs in every game against Oregon at least. Uh, I like the over 12 and a minus 110. Um, I, I, I don't see – Florida's pitching, giving up a ton of them. I think that this is more going to be on the burden or on the shoulders of the Gators here. However, I think the 12 is doable in this game. So if you're looking for one separate play, I would probably go against either of the run lines and just lean towards that total of over 12 in Oral Roberts in Florida. Um, Thank you guys for coming back on the show. Uh, I know that we did a live show prior to uh, Elimination Games. Uh, We did it on a Saturday night during regionals. Uh, I wanted to, I knew I wanted to have you guys on during the college world series. Cause I know just me uh, doing the shows like I've done all season long, that's only one point of view <clears throat> and it gets kind of old when it's the same eight teams and they're, they're playing every day against each other. Um, and I like to add new points of view in here. And especially, uh, I mean, Grissom did great in his pitch hit and pinch hit appearance yesterday, going six and zero on some of the picks that he gave out uh, on the leans um, and I appreciate both of you guys for coming on. Q, uh, any parting words? Go Gators and uh, go Cavs. All right. And then Grissom, anything from you? Uh, I think I've covered it all. It's pretty easy handicap. Knock on wood tomorrow. All right. And then one more time for the viewers. I'm going to pop this up. Sorry, Q, to you especially because it's going to cover your face. But collegebaseballinsiders.com, these guys do uh, an amazing job at putting something together that's easy to read and uh, pretty visually pleasing. Um, it's collegebaseballinsiders.com. You can download the guide for free. Uh, it has a bunch of player stats and 
a bunch a bunch of team stats and they're uh, ranked against each other against the teams in the field. You can follow these two guys on Twitter. Uh, Grissom, it's easy. His it's his last name. Grissom tweets, and then for Quinn, it's Q M I three L's and two Y's. Uh, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, you've been experiencing experiencing the better side of college baseball with the college baseball experience. Adios, amigos. <laughs>